Hello and welcome to The Lowdown, an insider's look at stories touching our lives here on Cape Cod and beyond. My name is Ira Wood, and you're listening to us on WOMR 92.1 FM, Provincetown, WFMR 91.3 Orleans, and streaming worldwide on WOMR.org. Are you a type A personality, someone who sets overly high expectations for themselves, who think they've never done enough and feels like a total failure if they can't get it all done. You don't have to be a Fortune 500 executive to fall into this category, a surgeon, a scientist, or a corporate lawyer. You can be a parent, a business owner, or even work at a radio station. What we all have in common is stress, stress that interferes with our ability to sleep, keeps our minds racing, and stress that is ruining our health. My guest today has experienced all that to the point of severe burnout, but because she's a medical doctor with specialized training in diagnosing and treating disorders of the brain and nervous system, she was driven to research the science behind chronic stress, its effects on our bodies, and how by changing a small number of everyday habits, we can continue to do the work we love while retrieving our health and peace of mind. Dr. Romy Mushtak is a board-certified physician, a holistic health expert, and an award-winning speaker on workplace wellness. Today we'll be talking about her new book, The Busy Brain Cure, the eight-week plan to find focus, tame anxiety, and sleep again. Dr. Romy Mushtak, thank you so much for talking with us today. Ira, thank you so much for having me and welcoming me. And it's Dr. Romy or Dr. Auntie Romy, as they call me at, at uh, Great Wolf Resorts, or sometimes, yo, homie, Dr. Romy, when they find me on Instagram. Okay, yes. so what I'm going to do is, until we get to your aunties, we'll call you Dr. Romy, okay? Got it. Okay, so Dr. Romy, talk about yourself for a minute and the chronic stress that forced you to totally change your life and work. You know, Ira, from the outside looking in, I had done it. I entered neurology at a time where less than 5% of the brain doctors in America were women. It was a childhood legacy I was fulfilling from my ancestors that it was just expected that the only daughter would grow up to become a doctor. And I loved my job like so many of your listeners do. And how many of us are dealing with that chronic sleep deprivation and the chronic stress, and we feel like we don't have a choice, and you just have to push through it. And gosh, back then, I was only in my young 30s, and we thought we I had acid reflux. No, it turned out when you have chronic and unchecked stress, it can lead to disease, and the chronic stress can kill you, and it almost did me. I didn't have no run-of-the-mill acid reflux. I have a rare medical disorder known as achalasia. And the stress was making it so bad that by the time it got diagnosed, not only was I choking on my own saliva and vomit, getting frequent pneumonia, I was now having precancerous lesions and ended up in life-saving surgery. And Ira, in that moment, I realized like, oh my God, whatever I learned in medical school ain't going to help me now. I don't know what to do. And that's what started the journey to find the busy brain cure. All right. So- Perfect. Lead in to the next question. You've obviously done this before. <laughs> what do you call? <laughs> what do you? What is the busy brain? Can you describe what you mean by the busy brain? Yes. You know, busy brain isn't about our schedules or all the stuff going outside in the twenty-four hour news cycle. Busy brain is when you have chronic and unchecked chronic stress, and you're on the road to burnout, baby, or you may already be there. There's three symptoms that happen. 
you have difficulty focusing or even adult onset attention deficit disorder, ADD, you have anxiety. And the third one, insomnia, difficulty falling and staying asleep. Those three things together right now in my world of neurology and psychiatry, Ira, we're kind of messing it up. Because what happens if you can't focus during the day, we have a problem where people are either taking way too much caffeine or getting over-prescribed drugs like Adderall and Ritalin, stimulants all day. And then you're so anxious all day and you're wired when you go home and you're like, let me have a glass of wine, alcohol, or maybe Xanax or a sleeping pill. So now you need a sedative. You're stuck on what I call the stimulant sedative cycle and you just can't break out of it until now. I have the way. So one of the things that I really liked about your book is that mm-hmm. there, there's no woo-woo. It's science. <laughs> it's science-based. Yes, it, it really is. So much so that that um, you have to sometimes read a couple of pages twice, which is not a bad thing at all. But it's yes. also understandable. And one of the uh-huh. ways that you help us understand the breakdown of the body under chronic stress is by comparing the brain to an airport uh-huh. control tower. So can you tell our listeners what you mean by that? Yeah, well, I mean, do I get to give a shout out? Because for all these years, I've been flying around speaking, and they took care of me when I had life-saving surgery, my travel boyfriend, Delta Airlines. And uh, I was so lucky I got to give a keynote lecture a couple of years ago to their operations team. And when they heard me doing this analogy, they were like, come see the behind the scene operations at Atlanta Jackson, uh, Atlanta Hartsfield Jackson Airport, the busiest airport in the world, Ira. And what I learned there was when lightning or storms come through, the FAA, the Federal Aviation Authority, will shut down any flights from landing or taking off. Well, it's not just now a problem in Atlanta, is it? It's a problem to all the incoming flights coming in from all over the United States and the rest of the world. And within seconds, there are flight delays and cancellations out to London and Hong Kong. That's exactly the way our brain works. There's an airport traffic control tower in our brain, not just the limbic system, that acute stress response all the berry and breathing people talk about. That's in your hypothalamus, your circadian rhythm. So when you're under chronic stress and you're having this neuroinflammation, it's like that airport traffic control tower that shut down and randomly said, we're not taking any more flights coming in to Atlanta from Europe right now. That your brain just does that. And the, it's an airport traffic control tower, not only to the rest of your brain, your thinking, your emotions, your processing, but the rest of your body, your digestion, your hormones, your joints, your immune system. And so when that happens, now it feels like there are parts of your body, like an airport under bad weather, that are shutting down. And that's what the busy brain is. The neuroscience behind that is the disruption of your circadian rhythm in your hypothalamus. So almost every self-improvement book I've ever read talks about Mm -hmm. setting goals. To my mind, your approach is far more practical. You, You not only talk about changing small daily habits, but Mm -hmm. stacking them up. And you invite Mm -hmm. readers to join a free online community to help Mm -hmm. them succeed. You call this the Brain Shift Protocol. Tell us about Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Brain shift, the shift stand. First of all, brain shifts is a micro habit. We've 
talked a lot about the best-selling books in the world, like Atomic Habits and BJ Fogg's Tiny Habits that talk about the micro habits. So I had a little time on my hands in the pandemic, and I'm kind of a geek girl, as you alluded to, all the science in the book. And I was like, what habits would actually work to heal busy brain without going on a diet? So we started to research it. And I named it Brain Shift. The shift stands for five key areas that are disrupted when we're under chronic stress that we need to treat. If you're like, yes, Ira, yes, Romy, the berries and the breathing and the looking at videos of puppies and unicorns isn't helping anymore. More, this is it. It's S in the shift stands for sleep or circadian rhythm. I talked about that. H is your hormones, specifically thyroid. I, markers of inflammation, like your insulin levels and vitamin D3. F is how you use food to fuel yourself without going on a diet, no diets. And T is the role of technology shift. And so I was like, if we can hit those areas in eight weeks and get some labs checked, we can actually heal burnout. And I want to repeat that again, heal the negative impact of burnout, because according to the latest HR, human resources data in the United States, last year, 2023, record rates of burnout. 67% of employees are reporting burnout in the workplace. Like We need to do something about it. And you can really do that. And and I as I as I told you when we first um got on the phone, I have you you set out an eight week plan and you ask somebody to do something very, very small for each week. Uh-huh. And, and the first week is just which I kind of skipped, I have to tell you, because it's kind of easy. You you just say, what do you want to happen from this? program. And what I wanted to happen was I wanted to sleep. And okay. so you were very clear on your goal. Yeah. I love that. But Ira, can I break it down sure. for people that aren't? You know, most people, when I ask, you're stressed, what do you want? They say, I don't know. And then they say, maybe peace. And so that first chapter, that first week, there's two things there. We ask you to take the busy brain test, which any listener can do now for free at drromi.com or on my social media. 17,000 people took this test. That's how we got the research we did. Number one. Number two, then you set a goal. Because I once you go through those 20 questions, you think, oh my God, are my headaches from my stress? Are my digestive issues from my stress? Oh my God, I'm not sleeping. Is it a hormone issue? I'm not functioning at work. I want people to be clear. So at the end of the eight weeks, I'm going to ask you, Ira, how were you sleeping? You would ask me, because right now, gosh, we're in the middle of a global launch of a book and I'm stepping into a new role. I might be having a little busy brain too. I'm human. And I want the pain in my neck and my shoulders to go away. Let me tell people who we are, and then we'll get back to the questions. If you're just joining us, you're listening to The Lowdown with Ira Wood and WOMR. Today, we're talking about burnout at work, its effects on our mental health, and how to cure it. My guest is neurologist and holistic health expert, Dr. Romy Mushtak. We call her Dr. Romy. You can, too. Her new book is The Busy Brain Cure, the eight-week plan to find focus, tame anxiety, and sleep again. So we had, we had alluded to... ADHD, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Uh Disorder. And it's a condition that we used to hear a lot about in children. You tell us Uh it's increasingly been recognized in adults and that Mm -hmm. it has a big connection to the busy brain. Could Could you go over that? 
Yeah, this is so important is when I went to medical school, you know, in the era of cassette tapes and textbooks back then, and I hope I'm not the only listener or one saying that that remembers those days, we didn't recognize adult onset attention deficit, attention deficit disorder, ADD or ADHD. We were like, if you have it as an adult, you had it as a kid. But in the last 15 years, the way our society functions has been rewired because of our digital devices and the pressure to work all night, sleep all night, disrupting our circadian rhythm. So when you look at the medical literature now over the last decade, there's actually people that were fine in childhood that all of a sudden now have inability to pay attention and keep sustained focus. In adults, we typically see most adults with this pattern have attention deficit disorder. It's an attention issue. The ADHD with the hyperactivity, not as common as adult onset. And if it's there, it's that in more impulsive behaviors like um, thrill-seeking behaviors, using drugs, those kind of things that are more of an issue. You know, this book was researched and written primarily for high-achieving professionals like you and I, Ira, and we see that it's more of an ADD pattern, and they will recognize it. They're like, yeah, I'm having a lot of caffeine. I've had a trial of Adderall or Vyvanse, and it made me anxious. And those are the people that I'm like, something deeper is going on from a busy brain and that inflammation in the airport traffic control tower of the brain. And I want to dig a little deeper. And that's where week seven of the protocol comes in to make you go check your labs. And and in that, that you are actually asking people to go to their doctors and say, look, I mm-hmm. know you check my uh-huh. blood whenever I come in, uh-huh. but I'd like you to do what you call a this full lab. a full panel. And in the book, yes. you tell you and the doctor will know what they are. I don't, but uh-huh. your doctor will. And this is why, why, why wouldn't in a normal medical exam that you get every year, or every two, why wouldn't they pick up on this stuff? Why must you actually very nicely ask, ask them to check yeah. my panel, baby? Well, because, you know, there are certain labs, doctors, primary care doctors are going to do to screen to make sure you don't have diabetes or high cholesterol. That's responsible medicine. But when you're under chronic stress, there's this panel. And, you know, I want to give the primary care doctors a break. The system is overtaxed, especially after the pandemic globally and in the United States. But here's an analogy I use, Ira. I panic when anything goes wrong with my car. So if I'm driving my luxury sports sedan down the car highway and the check engine light comes on, you wouldn't tell me to go inside Target and look for a Stanley Cup and get them to come and take a look at the check engine light, right? No, you would tell me to go to the dealer or call AAA and stop driving. I feel like when we have complex health and wellness issues going on, the primary care doctor isn't going to be the one to fix it. So take them a copy of this book. You can download the lab slip inside your book and take it into them and have them do this full panel. Now, don't just say, well, I heard Ira and Romy on the radio, so I want these labs. Tell them, hey, I'm under stress. I can't focus. I can't sleep. My busy brain test score is abnormal above a 30. Now they have an ICD-9 code, if you have health insurance, to actually bill your insurance. And this panel was designed not to have all those esoteric labs that sometimes my integrative and functional medicine colleagues are checking, Ira. I wanted to make it easy that insurance would cover it. What might the panel discover? What might the doctor get mm-hmm. back and 
and find out about you that mm-hmm. he had not previously known or she had not previously known? Yeah, Ira, the two things we see repeatedly every time we run this eight-week cycle and we save lives with this is people who are at work thinking, I have failed as a parent and I'm failing at this job. I'll never get this promotion. And they actually were struggling because they had an undiagnosed thyroid disorder. There is a full panel of eight thyroid labs that we ask you to check. The one the primary care doctor is checking is like just stopping into Target when you have a check engine light in your car, the TSH. When you check all eight labs, we find that one in eight women in America have a subclinical thyroid disorder. You read my heartbreaking story that like all these years I thought something was going on and the doctors wrote me off and I didn't do the full thyroid panel. And and I had never had a regular menstrual cycle until I was 39 and had infertility issues. And there are so many women who can relate to this. And by the way, this is an issue in men as well. And then the second thing we find in men and women over and over and over again is a very low vitamin D3 level, D as in dog. And no brain can function without healthy levels of vitamin D. And vitamin D you would take, as you say in the book, it's something that you get from sunshine, but of course we're told not to get too much sunshine. So you're saying it can be, it's one of those things that actually works if you take it as a supplement. It does, you, you know, I'm not one to keep pushing supplements. We're busy, but for most Americans, because of our high stress levels, um, we're not producing or the metabolic pathway to even if you live in a sunshine state and get a lot of sunshine, the pathways aren't working properly for you to produce enough. And to produce enough, you need to be out in the sun without sunblock on for 40 minutes, which no doctor or dermatologist is ever going to recommend. So you need to check your vitamin D3 levels, and they need to be at a specific target range that I discuss in chapter seven of the book um, for men and women, what the normal levels should be. Let's for a moment talk about um, magnesium. Now, I was just, Mm -hmm. just before I spoke to you, there's a big article Uh in today's um, Guardian all about Mm -hmm. how important magnesium is, and actually for depression. Um, mm-hmm. Can you talk mm-hmm. a bit about, about magnesium and what the various kinds of magnesium we might not be getting enough of? Yeah. Magnesium used to be a, a key mineral that is also needed for all of our brain function and heart and muscle, different types of magnesium that we normally used to get in our foods. But two things have happened with our food supply. One is even if you're eating all whole foods and organic, we don't have a lot of nutrients in them. And so we're missing magnesium, but most of us aren't getting enough magnesium in our diets and the high stress again will deplete magnesium. So we know, again, it sounds like a basic mineral, but magnesium glycinate is the one that I studied in my book for brain health. There are certain types of magnesium that are more likely to digest and cross into your brain a a, across something known as your blood-brain barrier. There are other kinds of magnesiums that are meant for other symptoms. So if you're like, oh, the magnesium thing, okay, Ira, I'm going to run out to back to Target where Romy was talking about. Most of the magnesium in those stores is magnesium oxide or citrate, which will really, if you're constipated, that's the one you take, right? Um, magnesium glycinate, it crosses the blood-brain barrier and is actually a really potent to promote relaxation. So part of our seven-day sleep challenge in week two is to ask people to take magnesium again. It not only helps you to relax and sleep, but it starts resetting your 
um, circadian rhythm or that airport traffic control tower so that the right hormones are high at night, like serotonin and melatonin. And in the morning, your energy hormones are revved up exactly the way they should be. If you're just joining us, you're listening to The Lowdown with Ira Wood on WOMR. Today we're talking about burnout at work, its effects on our mental health, and how to cure it. My guest is neurologist and holistic health expert, Dr. Romy Mushtak. Her new book is The Busy Brain Cure, the eight-week plan to find focus, tame anxiety, and sleep again. Dr. Romy, let's get back to sleep for a minute because I know a lot of people struggle with it. I can't, as a matter of mm-hmm. fact, I can't think of anybody who doesn't struggle mm-hmm. with it. What mm-hmm. I didn't know is that eating a diet with a lot of sugar can interfere mm-hmm. with sleep. Can you explain that? Yes. Oh, my gosh, I know. And please know I'm not asking you to go on a diet. I don't want anyone to suffer. If you have sugar, which is high glycemic foods, white bread, white rice, white potatoes, it will spike your blood sugar levels. And then you get this surge of insulin release. That actually causes neuroinflammation in the brain and it's signaling to your airport traffic control tower, Ira, you're in danger and I'm going to start making you stress and obsess and worry again. Forget everything that's going on with the pancreas and all that insulin response. Your brain is now in high alert, right? So now what happens is your insulin level is starting to go up to manage that food, and then you go to bed. And in the middle of the night, your insulin has now peaked and your blood sugar now drops. Because when you're eating sugary foods, it's like you're on a roller coaster. It goes high and it goes low, and then you feel bad. So you wake up in the middle of the night. It's this internal mechanism of your body saying, oh, your blood sugar is low. And now you're anxious and you're wired and you're tired. And what happens? I don't know what happens to you, Ira, when you wake up in the middle of the night. But what happens when I wake up in the middle of the night? I start thinking about the last thing I was worrying about before I went to bed. Yeah. And then you can't go back to bed. And that is one of the things. The other thing that'll wake you up in the middle of the night with a busy brain. Oh, I'm going to lose some friends here, Ira, but could I have some more real talk? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be your friend, Dr. Rumi. Go ahead. Just let Thank it you. out. Let it out. We got it. If you want to cure a busy brain, I'm going to ask you to um, abstain from alcohol, especially the first three to four weeks of the plan where we're resetting your circadian rhythm. Alcohol directly affects your hypothalamus and raises your brain and core body temperature. So it'll wake you up in the middle of the night and you're like, am I having a hot flash? Like what's up with this? And, but it also prevents you from going into deeper stages of sleep. So instead of going into deep REM, restorative, healing, busy brain sleep, you're now wide awake and not sleeping. So that's the other thing that is one of the most common things to wake us up in the middle of the night. Okay. You don't advise against drinking coffee or caffeine products within reason, Mm-mm. within reason, mm-hmm. but, within you, reason. but you strongly advise against adding sugar to coffee yeah. or consuming coffee along with other high glycemic foods like white flour cake. Mm-hmm. So what is it about the, that combination that's especially yeah. dangerous? So, you know, Ira, if you are standing at the edge of a forest fire and you're like, Romy, bring the fire hose from the fire truck, and instead I bring a gasoline truck, like that doesn't seem intuitive. When you have caffeine in the brain, it's actually really good at a certain dose. It'll help you focus, right? But what happens is when you add anything that's spiking your blood sugar, 
Now there's an insulin stress in the brain, and it's almost like you added gasoline to the forest fire. So separately from what's happening in the pancreas, your brain is really sensitive to insulin. And so if your blood sugar is spiking up and down, up and down, it's causing ADD and difficulty focusing and inflammation in the brain. Now you throw sugar on top, you got a forest fire. And that's, we need to calm down the inflammation or reduce the interleukin-1 levels and not disturb the circadian rhythm in in scientific terms for the science geeks that are listening to both of us right now. So the rule of thumb is, because I don't want people to go on a diet, I want you to be able to eat a birthday cake at your child's birthday party this weekend. The rule of thumb is, is to either pick one. If you're going to have white rice, white flour, white sugar, white bread, white then white potatoes, then no caffeine for an hour before or after. And if you're going to have caffeine, then nothing to spike your blood sugar. But Ira, you know the funny thing that we saw when we were running the eight-week program? People had already restored the sleep. The stress eating was done, so they weren't craving a whole bag of cookies or a pastry. And most of us want coffee. So we just do without it. You use stevia or monk fruit in your coffee if you need a little sweetener. And lo and behold, you go on. And the best part is you kind of reduce the belly bloating and most people drop a pant size or two. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So so let's talk now about what something that I actually find very, very effective is digital detox. It's really important, really important to avoid our screens. You tell us an hour to a half hour before bedtime. Um, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, you tell us that includes our smart TVs, but mm-hmm. I have I have weaned myself of the of, oh, the, of the cell phone of the cell phone. Okay, um, that's a start. It's a micro habit. And it's a it, brain it really works. Yes. Oh, I'm so proud of you. No, no, it really See? works. Not yes. put that yes, phone does. away. Just put it away. Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. does it work? What is it about the phone? Yeah. And- There's two things. So when we touch a phone to check an email, to tap a like on an Instagram post, or to listen to the podcast, you're surging dopamine energy through your brain. But it's like a drug-seeking high. And then it valleys down, and you're like, oh, I need to check another email. Tap, tap. I need to scroll more on social media. Tap, tap. So it, you're, you're revving up your energy and making yourself anxious at night. That's one. But the second thing from all the smart devices is unfortunately the blue light. All light in your home at night is disturbing your airport traffic control tower. It's saying all systems go instead of all systems rest. Blue light in particular goes to the retina and it goes to that airport traffic control tower and it starts to raise your stress hormone levels, cortisol. So even if you took the magnesium glycinate, even if you took a bath, you your cortisol levels are surging. And your sleep good and feel good hormones like serotonin and melatonin plummet under blue light. So that's why you were telling me before we started the interview, Dr. Romy, it was three days, no phone in the bedroom, and I'm already feeling better because your sleep good and feel good. And guess what the serotonin and melatonin and oxytocin does? They also make you love again good. So all of a sudden, your wife in the house, things are feeling more romantic all of a sudden because there's no blue light. I really had no idea that it was that important. Mm-hmm. So yeah. throughout the book, you mention your aunties, your <laughs> relatives from the old country who yes. were very, very real in your family yeah. life, but also serve as voices in your head. What, what, tell us what the aunties represent to you. 
You know, all of us, Ira, don't you have an inner voice when you're stressed in a busy brain that is setting you up for failure or that's judging you? I have an orchestra. Go ahead. You have an orchestra. (laughs) Yours is so much more elegant than my cackling aunties, right? And my aunties, so when I'm in a busy brain, it's that self-doubt, like, oh, I should have said that in the interview. My hair is frizzy. All the little things and that judgment. Like, you know, you hear my aunties when I'm stressed out saying, oh, will you ever find a second husband again? Stop working. You know, every time you're on the radio, stop talking to Ira about the book and please ask him to find you your second (laughs) husband, right? That's the voices of my Indian aunties when I have a busy brain. And that's when, when I'm in corporate America and people are like, you need to take a class on imposter syndrome or confidence. I'm like, no, we need to heal a busy brain first. Because what happens, and as you journey through the book and you see the healing I'm going through, by the end of the book, I am one at one and at peace with my aunties. And the voice of judgment and self-doubt is replaced by wisdom and love and hope. And that's what I want you to do at the end of the eight weeks is have hope in your life again for a better world. Well, I want to stop right there. I couldn't figure a better place uh to end the interview. Today we've been talking with Dr. Romy Mushtak. I want to thank Maddie Dunn for his tech work on the show. The Busy Brain Cure was recently published by Hanover Square Press. And check out busybraincure.com to find out more. And this this is free, and you can you, it'll go over everything that we're talking about here. And there's a test to find out how busy your brain is, and there's a lot more stuff. Busy Brain cure.com. This is Ira Wood with the lowdown on beating chronic stress and getting a good night's sleep one interview at a time. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.